Welcome to Geek Catch-Up. I am Kyle Eckert alongside Chris Heck. We're two lifelong friends with a passion for all things geek, whether it's gaming, movies, television, wrestling, comics, whatever. If it's nerdy, there's a good chance we're into it. You are listening to a precursor to Season 1, a table of contents, if you will. Today, we're talking a little bit about ourselves here on Geek Catch-Up, some of the topics you can expect us to cover, a few of our favorite hobbies and passions. But first up, we'll take a look at the origins of Geek Catch-Up. All right, so we're going to kick it old school style, take it back to the 90s when Kyle and I actually first met in elementary school in Central Maryland. We Little toddlers, little toddlers. Little toddlers back <laughs> in the T-ball days of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> not even coach pitch, not even coach not pitch. Not even Just coach pitch. T-ball. And from there, we actually uh, got to hang out here and there as our parents knew each other. But um, a few short years later... My parents actually bought a townhouse in a small, tight-knit community um, that would grow to be really the the lifebed of what became Geek Ketchup today. Um, Kyle's dad actually moved in across the street just shortly after my parents did, and from there, the rest was history. It was. An inseparable group of five we were, you know, growing up in a small small town, in a small neighborhood, getting into trouble doing all sorts of crazy things, you know, not just playing video games, but making sure we spent plenty of time outside because it was indeed the 90s and you're allowed Back to do that in the 90s. <laughs> Back when you could, yeah. Hey, go outside, come home when the streetlights come on. That was an actual thing for us growing up. But Absolutely. Playing, playing hide and seek, wiffle ball, doing all sorts of stuff. I remember explicitly playing hide and seek with not just kids from our neighborhood, but kids from the town. That's how small the town was that we were in. The whole town was on limits, and we had one home base right in the middle of the neighborhood, but people would go off and run to the elementary school, run to the general store, go out in the woods. These games would last for hours. They really would, yeah. The entire town is limits. That's where you have to go. It's where you got to go to find them. And sometimes you just give up on the game and go inside. They'll figure it out. Uh, there was a lot of times where we just gave up on the game and went inside, and we would throw in the Super Nintendo for a little Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball Presents. Ooh, love that Ken Griffey Jr.'s Presents. For those Classic. of you that don't know, Kyle and I have a very long-standing rivalry in Ken Griffey Jr. Presents. <laughs> it goes way back, yeah, to when we were kids, to all the way to when we were adults, and uh, I did get no hit into eight innings, and... Almost ended the friendship. Almost ended the friendship. If there was one time where things were on the rocks, it was sitting in Kyle's uh, living room playing a game for the first time in, in probably like 18 months. Yeah, um, oh, it was a while. The The games do get a little fewer and far between these days, but <laughs> dead <laughs> silence as we both are aware that it's been a no-hitter for eight innings, but we can't, <laughs> we can't yeah. say anything. 30 years of friendship just just teetering on the edge because about to get no hit in a baseball game from 1993. <laughs> but all all was saved when you got that hit. I still think I went on to win that game, but you Ooh. did uh, you did avoid the no hitter. It would have been the first oh, yeah. time in history that we hit a no we had a no hitter in that game. Oh yeah, it it definitely would have been because if it had happened as we were, when we were kids, we probably wouldn't have continued to be friends. <laughs> it would have been a friendship ender. <laughs> I don't think we ever had any no-hitters in Griffey Ball, though. 
No, we definitely did not have any no hitters in Griffey Ball. That was a uh, that was a slugfest right there. The Griffey Ball days. For those of you that don't remember, Pizza Hut back in the day used to give out foam bats and foam balls as promotional items when you came in and bought a specific type of pizza. Some of the greatest pizza. toys of our childhood. Oh man, they were amazing, and every bat and every ball was stylized from a famous baseball player from the early '90s. And you had them all. And I had them all. We, it was. Our purpose in my house, we we were a big baseball family. We wanted to eat Pizza Hut and collect all those bats, and by God, we did. I remember it was the um, the Big Hurt, Frank Thomas. Big Hurt? Big Hurt, Jeff Bagwell. Jeff Bagwell, of course, yeah. Ken Griffey Jr. And then the last one, do you remember? It was purple, and Mike it was Piazza. short. No, it no. was Mo Vaughn. Mo Vaughn. And it was oh. shorter than the other ones. It was about two inches shorter than the other Griffey bats. It made no the, sense. Trying to do the Barry Bonds thing with the 29-inch bat. Right, yeah. Just the, you know, short awesome, bat, though. but a lot of head, you know, a lot of weight to it because you could pop the cork and throw some rocks down in it. Oh, you know? so are you admitting to cheating this whole time? Oh, no, no, no. I never did that. I'm just saying you could do that sure. if you wanted to. I never did that. I now we know how he hit all those home runs as a little guy. Yeah, that's where all the power comes from. It's like, never makes sense. Why is Kyle hitting all these home runs? He's the smallest guy out there. Like, gosh, corking the bat with rocks I found from the creek. <laughs> <laughs> now it all makes sense why the move on bat was so heavy. Right? There you go. There you go. But it wasn't just sports, indeed. You know, we were into wrestling and comics and television shows. Tons of uh, wrestling. Tons and tons of wrestling. We were super into WWE back in the 90s and the Attitude area. WCW a little bit. I will admit I was never a full-blown WCW guy. I was a WWE homer, and I stuck to that. You you dabbled with the NWO a little bit in the WCW. Dabbled, but I was also prim- primarily a WWE guy at the time. Uh, yeah. We were sucked into The Rock and Stone Cold and obviously The Undertaker. Yeah, it was. it's the hottest wrestling has ever been in the history of that sport or entertainment, whatever you want to call it. But it was the hottest it's ever been, so... Of course, we got sucked into Austin and The Rock and Triple H and DX. Well, and much to the chagrin of our parents and uh, some medical bills later and damage to Butch Eckerd's uh, townhouse, <laughs> but uh, we formed our own wrestling organization known as MTW or Mountain Terrace Wrestling. Mountain Terrace Wrestling. Oh, yeah. And there was, of course, once again, the group was only five five of us so there was a lot of belts changing hands because there was only five of us but that didn't stop us from having a you know a world championship an intercontinental and tag belts the so tag typically... belts were probably the most notorious because new alliances would be made on the side people didn't know who was changing hands you got attacked at any point it's true it's true you're being turned on or forming new alliances almost weekly with the different matches it, it was worth it. Uh, I will say, though, that one of the most uh, intense moments, and granted, it came from a, a, a jobber who joined MTW for a short period of time. Um, <laughs> Kyle got powerbombed into a bed frame and ripped his knee open, requiring how many stitches? Uh, seven stitches. Seven, seven stitches. St- yeah, it was really only seven stitches. And I, let me clarify a little bit. He went for a razor's edge. Razor, ooh. And he dropped guy. me on a door hinge. Oh, <laughs> yeah, even worse than the bed even frame. Had, I saw my kneecap that day. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. <laughs> so from but, there, we as we got older, of course, it, it really evolved into uh, Madden tournaments as Madden really took off. 
uh, Halo, the original Halo on Xbox, the original Xbox One, uh, was OG. a big thing at the time. Um, but we also played a lot of RPGs. We did. I'd I like to say our middle school years were defined by the RPG and the JRPG. We played a lot of Final Fantasy VII. That, I think that introduced us all to RPGs. We had a buddy that was deep into that game and played Final Fantasy III and Final Fantasy VI and things like that on the SNES. But at least for me, Final Fantasy VII was my introduction to the RPG. And then after that, it just took off. Um, I don't know if that was your first RPG. I think I was a little bit before, but it was really because of my grandfather and how many RPGs he was into. Um, so there were, you know, of course, all the Zeldas, Chrono Trigger, um, Earthbound. You know, he had all the Final Fantasies on the original Nintendos. Um, so he he was always if I was over there those were actually the first games that I remember playing and then of course as we got older it was Final Fantasy 7 and 8 um, uh, Legend of Dragoon Metal Gear Legend Solid 2 Ooh, Metal Gear Solid 2 calling it calling it the infamous and Final Fantasy 9 I dabbled with a little bit of Saga Frontier Secret of Mana even I went I backtracked and played Secret of Mana a little bit uh, but yeah the the Middle school years were absolutely defined by the RPG for us. RPG and wrestling. If we that's were what I gaming, say. That's... Yeah, if we were gaming on our own, I think we all had our RPGs that we were playing, our saga games um, that were taking up all your time. But if we were coming together, it was Madden, it was Halo, it was FIFA. And uh, we really... <laughs> it's a, Maybe it's the reason we're such good friends now. But and the fact that our group of five people were you know, friends, we're all still together today is pretty amazing given what we came through um but it, it really just continued to build no it really did and it became an annual tradition even after we left high school uh we went and continued to do madden tournaments on christmas eve you know we all went off to college and went in different directions but we made sure when everyone was back home you know for christmas we would make sure to get a madden tournament in and it really kept us connected so it's a nice part. That's one of the nice things about video games is they can keep you connected as friends oh, over yeah. long distances. Yeah, especially during those college years where everybody's going out, you know, we're meeting new people, everybody gets busy. If there was ever a time where we had been apart, it was probably during those few years. But just like you said, every time we come home, we'd be pulling together, we'd be right back, just like we were doing it in our parents' basements in high school. And, uh, and it really kept things going. You know, we've always been together, really, and, and Kyle and I, are, um, you know, you'll hear from in the Geek Ketchup podcast, but we're going to reference some of our close buddies that have that have stuck with us and are big gamers themselves, big comic readers themselves. We've never lost contact of that friendship. You know, it, it's a really, it's a brotherhood. We call ourselves the, the Order. The um, Order. The Order <laughs> of the White Lotus. The Order of the White Lotus. And, and it's all focused, really, kind of at its core around the world of geekery no it really is that's what's bonded us over the years when we were kids and then into adults it's been that video games comics wrestling that's brought us back together i think of us getting back into wrestling really as adults and one of the things that brought our group back together was going to monday night raw as a group for the first time you know we were huge wrestling fans as kids but our parents never took us to the shows yep. so we made we made a commitment as adults, we wanted to go to Monday Night Raw. It was a bucket list item. So we you know, got together, all bought tickets. They happened to be nosebleed seats at the, <laughs> at the Verizon Center in D.C. In DC. But, but they, 
there were moments that we shared that night that I'll never forget between our one buddy buying a Mysterio mask. <laughs> and wearing with, it on the Metro back home. <laughs> and wearing it on the Metro back home. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Batista's uh, fireworks going off and scaring the bejesus out of us. The Undertaker's music hitting. The Undertaker's showing up. Off. Yeah, that, oh, the that'll never showing forget. Up. Yeah, the, oh, the yeah. lights go out. The, the goosebumps go up. You get chills all over. And as a huge Undertaker fan, that that was... That was and will forever be one of my favorite wrestling moments, and it came from that very first show that we went to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then from there, you know, Chris and I made sure that we attended a few NXT house shows and some WWE house shows. We very recently got to go to Clash of Champions, which was at least my first pay-per-view, which was pretty cool to see in person. Uh, So, yeah, this entire world of geekery has kept us so close. And, you know, reading comics these days and chatting it up with friends and discussing theories about where it's going and video games included in there, catching up on the headset at night and grouping up and playing a little Red Dead or Destiny. It's Uh, amazing how much uh, online video games helps, especially as an adult. You know, it's hard to find time away from your job, away from your uh, relationships, away from the kids you may have. But when you can pull together and get on that headset, and whether you're five miles away or five thousand miles away, you can, it's like going right back to that basement, like I keep talking <laughs> about. But you know, when we're talking shit to each other and we're we're working through a game, whether it's competitive, we still play uh, some sports games online here and there. But you know, most recently it's been more, like you said, Red Dead with our our White Lotus gang. White Lotus gang, throw it up. Um, but it really does help in, in, in being able to, to engage in the world of, of games and comics. You know, we, we all related so much to so many of the characters. I can remember back through our history, and it's like at all different points, we had different characters that we were emulating. And, and when we would <laughs> wrestle, it was, we all had our own personas. And I think a lot of that came from the inspiration that we got from, uh, from these, uh, these intellectual properties. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I can tell you how many times in my life I've done the Shawn Michaels, like, flex the on somebody. The, the sexy boy pose. The sexy boy pose, you know, the just strutted out or even the Brett the Hitman heart with the arms out like, hey, you know, it's those those personalities took such a stronghold on us. So uh, it really has affected us in the long haul, like throughout our lives. And, you know, I, I'm happy for that time. You know, it's it's helped shape me who I am. And wouldn't change a thing about it you know especially that it's kept us together that's been the best part absolutely you know a common bond and and today things are so much more uh accepted you know growing up in the 90s a lot of this was obviously out there but video games were in their infancy you know a lot of people had some negative thoughts about them they weren't sure if it was really going to take off the way it did um so being a geek in the 90s was definitely a little different than being a geek in 2019 Oh, absolutely. We think of back then when you were a gamer, people are like, oh, you know, you're going to your parents' basement, you're turning all the lights off and you're playing for six hours straight. Well, now it's like, okay, well, I'm still I might be going to a dark room and putting on a headset, but I'm actually socializing with a lot of people online, whether it be my friends or new people. I know from your experience playing Destiny, you've met a lot of people from around the world and made a lot of friendships and connected with a tons of people absolutely through video games and through that uh that platform it's been pretty amazing absolutely and we don't just focus on the on the newer stuff you know we are huge geeks that are also collectors 
Um, <laughs> so I know you've got a, a very large comic book collection um, as well as retro games and Funko Pops. Why don't you give a little highlight about what your collection is? Oh, yeah. It is massive. It is massive. I've been reading comics for about 10 years now, approaching 10 years. Started with the Avengers vs. X-Men event back in 2011, so maybe eight years. Oh, it was absolutely incredible. So I've been reading comics and just took a head first into that world. I had two local comic book shops and just walked in and started asking questions. And I'll say one turned me off when the other one just basically the owner shut the store down for me and showed me around. So I dove headfirst into the comic world and started going to Baltimore Comic Con. You know, I live I still live up here in Maryland. So I go to Baltimore Comic Con, bought my first Funko Pop. That ended up being a bit of a slippery slope because after I owned one, then I owned five, then I owned 10 and now I own 300. That's how it goes. So, and that's how it goes. And then all those retro games that we played as a kid, you know, NES, SNES, Sega Saturn, PlayStations 1 through 4, all of it, never sold those games. Held on to those games because it felt like back in the day, you're going to sell a couple games to GameStop or a buy one or a used place. You're never going to get what you paid for it. You're never going to get that value. So why sell it? Just hold on to it. And I'm so happy I did that because now I'm sitting on a massive retro gaming collection. I think it almost compares to your retro gaming collection, Chris. Yeah, but you you had so much more willpower as a kid than I did, and and I've always respected that. See, Kyle's collection is truly the one that he built on his own from the get go. Um, I have a little over 160 retro NES, SNES, and 60 and N64 games, um, but proudly and admittedly, they um, were inherited from my grandfather. You'll probably hear me talk about him a lot as we go through. Uh, the topics here at Geek Ketchup, but he was an avid collector, kept everything in mint condition. I'm talking in box, no damage, all the booklets, all the plastic. Um, and I'm sure that we will pull those out and share them with our listeners as time goes by. Um, but it is one of the most treasured collections of anything that I have in my life. And I proudly display them all in a case um, <laughs> just to, it's kind of a, a shrine to his honor, but it really, it, it's just uh, how much that we love these things that we're talking about, you know, we absolutely love video games. We absolutely love comics and we are here to hopefully start sharing that love with everybody that takes the time to, to listen to geek catch up. There really is like the world of geekery piques the interest of so many people around the world, you know, including ourselves. And honestly, there's never been a better time to be into nerd culture. There's so if much. You, there's so much going on. If you look at the landscape of everything, the movies that are coming out have never been better between the Marvel movies. Even some of the DC movies have been pretty good. There's some comic book movies. Some of them. Some <laughs> of them. Star Wars is, you know, huge right now. Lord of the Rings is about to get its own television show. I'm on top, Following up a ton of movies that just came out. I think wrestling is about to make a huge comeback. It's hotter than it ever has been with the birth of AEW and how much WWE's been doing with uh, NXT, the Friday Night SmackDown split, uh, and then even the XFL coming. We'll see how that jumps in. You see how that works out. But yeah, but the Wednesday Night War is strong. Wrestling's the hottest it's been since the 90s. And, I, and even to go further, board games and tabletop games are making a massive comeback. Uh, once again, it's that culture of when we were younger if you played D&D &D or if you played a board game Warhammer 4000 
games like that, you were kind of looked at differently, like, oh, look at that nerd, look at that geek. But you know what? Those things are mainstream now and have never been more popular. So we'll be diving into that. And that's really this podcast allows us to go next level with our interest and to reach new people and to learn more things about geek culture. You know, as someone that truly believes this, you never stop learning, whether you're a kid or an adult, you never stop learning. So if you engage your interests and just learn more about it, you only become more passionate and a better person for it. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And that is absolutely the the heart and soul of what we're going to try and do here at Geek Ketchup is take the things that we love the most and, and bring them to folks that are just like us, um, whether you're similar age to us, have families, don't have families, young, old, whatever. Um, we are going to be here talking about comics, video games, old and new, movies, TV, pro wrestling, music, um, nothing in the outside of the world of, of uh, geek culture is off, off limits here. And, you know, I think that I'm most excited too to, to embrace some things in the world of geekery that I haven't uh, embraced as much in the past. So reading more comics, reading more stories, maybe playing different types of games than what I typically do. Um, and then, you know, maybe we'll take some suggestions from the listeners and, and see if they challenge us to, to do some things that they love, but we haven't even heard of yet. Oh, I would absolutely love that. And any opportunity to dip back into those retro games or new games, new styles that I haven't played and I haven't exposed myself to. For a long time, I was a sports sports game, fighting game, couple RPGs dabbled in there. I would love to expand my repertoire and really see what else is out there, both new and old. But if you could send them home with one thing, uh, as, we, as we start to wrap up here, Chris, what is one thing you would like to share with our listeners? Well, it's a little outside the world of geekery, but it is something that I, I love absolutely. And, and I would be remiss if I did not uh, give a shout out to the Washington Nationals. I'm a huge Washington Nationals fan. The Nats are in the World Series. Game one is going on as we speak. As we cut this episode, um, I do not have it on right now, but uh, you can be sure that as soon as I'm done, we will be turning that on and watching, hopefully, a Nationals victory uh, in Houston. But what about yourself? That's my one thing. What is one thing that you would like to share with our listeners before uh, we wrap up and get ready to start Chapter 1 of Season 1? One thing I'm not going to shy away from, you'll probably hear me talk about it a lot, Robin is my favorite superhero. And that's that. Probably discuss which Robin, which era at a different time. But for right now, Robin is my favorite superhero. And that's what you need to know. Thank you for listening to Geek Ketchup. If you enjoyed today's chapter, please remember to subscribe to Geek Ketchup on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out Geek Ketchup on Facebook and YouTube, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Geek Ketchup Pod for updates on new episodes every two weeks. Stay saucy, you nerds.